This week, we have a guy who is responsible for the limited happy moments during some real bad stretches for our Arizona Cardinals in the 1990s. One of mine and Rip's favorite players, a all-time great who showed up every single day at Sun Devil Stadium, number 37, Larry Centers. We also have a five-star Cardinals insider, 30-year veteran of Arizona sports, and one of the best in the game when it comes to Cardinals Twitter, Mike Jarecki. Let's go. This is Larry Centers on the One Star Recruits podcast. Go Cardinals. Keep it up, guys. Yo, aloha. Welcome to the One Star Recruits podcast. I am DK. I'm joined, as always, with my best friend of 25 years, Rip. We are a couple one stars who, like you, are on this journey of life. We're learning, loving, trying to get better every day with the help of some five-star athletes, entertainers, coaches, and celebs from around the world. This week, we're I'm doing it with a big, proud smile on my face for my hometown, the Valley of the Sun, Phoenix, Arizona. In particular for me, Tempe, Arizona. Shit. Baseline and Lakeshore, Marcos Denisa High School, yeah. Ted's Hot Dogs, uh, where we saw Mikel Bridges getting down this week at the Vine. Welcome to the One Star Recruits, Mike Jarecki. Let's hear your Arizona rundown, baby. All right. Well, thank you. As you mentioned, I've been covering the Cardinals for 30 years now. I started off um, basically uh, being a reporter, so you, you'd see my hand on TV. Kind of worked my way up, and I remember my first radio show it was 11 11- p.m. to midnight. I did it with uh, Vince Murata and Mark Asher. And the, the program director said, no callers and no guests. So you're thinking this is after a football game. But, it, you know, you, you're on there and then you, you listen to yourself afterwards. You're just rambling. And I was going so fast. That that was my first shift, 11 to midnight. And so we were excited. It was like, you know, doing afternoon drive. And then eventually they moved us to uh, 11 to 1. And, you know, the remotes on the weekends, you're at car dealerships and, you know, um, Home Depots, and so they wanted to get us on the road. And then we went to one to three, and then eventually I did morning drive, and so I bounced around. And then most recently, I left the Cardinals. It was just time to like. That's Recky, where you're at. going. You're going all the way into into the whole pod. I'm not going to let you blow it, blow our whole water early, Mike. Well, yes, yeah, so, you know. Let's you're talk about let's, let's talk about Larry Centers. Let's talk about Larry Centers. Give me the place. Give me your favorite place to get grub in Arizona before we get to Larry. Gosh, the keg, uh, steak, Ooh, 40, steak 44, Dominic's. I like a nice seafood, and I like my steak. Forefathers, really good Philadelphia yeah, steak and cheese. Yeah, Philly. Oh, people sleep on Forefathers, Rip. You need to go next time you're home, Rip, to yeah. Forefathers. And, so, I, and, I'm, and I'm from Niagara Falls, so we grew up with Ted's Hot Dogs. So you, oh, awesome. Like, okay, so you're, you're a Ted's fan. What's your order at Ted's? I go to Footlong, Cheese, Chili. I love yes. their milkshakes. The milkshakes are really good. It seems like, you know, it's not watered down or anything. And then the onion rings, uh, I usually go there with my mom because we obviously miss home. So we go yeah, there. A little nostalgia. Maybe, you, maybe every couple months. That's, 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 all, DK, that's DK's favorite restaurant in, in Tempe right there on the corner of McClintock. It is. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it is. So you're, you're, there's one in Niagara Falls also? Same, same Yeah, restaurant. Buffalo. Yeah. No, no, they're in Buffalo, Rochester. That's where they kind of originated. Now, DK, did you ever go to the Chuck Wagon? Yep, went to the Chuck Wagon, got uh, terrific burgers, also love it. Shit, Monty's before they closed there was a yeah. special treat for our family when we get there. Extra special treat down Scottsdale Road, a little salt cellar, you know, yeah. for some seafood. Yeah. I love AZ. You brother. know, you know, it's an interesting thing. I grew up, you know, in Niagara Falls, and I think it's actually prettier from the Canadian side, cleaner. I've been going to Flagstaff when the Cardinals were going there. I've never been to the Grand Canyon. No shit. No. Wow. 
Wow. <laughs> I, I even know some of the Cardinals you wouldn't expect. I remember Corey Chavis took a trip up to the Grand Canyon one yeah. year. Get up there. Mike, what are you doing? It's one of the seven grand. Well, I know. And they would go up there, and then the first weekend they have their annual red and white practice. And then Sunday I had plans. And eventually, your alt- the altitude is maybe seven thousand, maybe yep. seven five. So that th- those craft beers caught up to me. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You're talking to so, an lumberjack man. I I had a, oh, I yeah. had a condo right across the street from that practice facility on Lone Tree. Those were great days. That was a great training camp. If you were well, a Cardinals fan, to get up there, the access was great. The weather was terrific. It was really heaven on earth for a Cardinals fan, especially as a youngster. Yeah, we had a hooray beer. Remember that? Oh yeah. Hell yeah! So we did a we did an appearance with Ronnie Mack, Ronald McKinnon, and a couple other guys, and he was dancing on the bar. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, that's what's <laughs> up, man. But you're let's go back. We have Larry on the show, and we want to get to the interview here before we we lose our non diehard Cardinals fans here in our in our Flagstaff talk. I can talk about it all day, man. What a guy, Larry. Larry Center. So number thirty seven was on. We talk about it with him. I asked him directly if if the Bidwells, if he has any remorse for the Bidwells for the way that he left town and all that he gave without anything in return. And of course he didn't. He left and, and got a ring. What, when you think of Larry Centers, Mike, for you, first thing that hits you in the face, in your, in your brain? Oh, just, I mean, he doesn't get credit uh, when it comes to being like a fullback and he caught over 100 passes. I mean, he had the biggest caps in the world. Um, you know, he was a throwback guy. Um, you know, Stephen F. Austin. Refresh um, my, ref, let my mom know because she doesn't know anything about this. What was that catch? Ref, re, remind my mother on this podcast. Well, he, it was against the Cowboys, I want to see, and he, he leaped over the guy. But, but the thing for Larry, I remember when he went to Washington, and I had his number, so I met him at the airport when he got back. I, you know, I interviewed him, and he said, I finally feel like I'm in a real NFL city. And that didn't sit well. But I know over the last couple of years, you know, like anything else, I, I just think, he, you know, he was here. He was a fan favorite. But they weren't winning a lot of games because of the revenue streams at Sun Devil Stadium were a joke. Mr. Bidwell, when he moved the team here in 88, he had a handshake deal that they would build a stadium for him, and it never happened. No, it was painful, man. And we talked about all that. I'm As a youngster, there's nothing worse than being at a Cowboys game or a New England Patriots game and asking your parents if this people even like our squad. And Larry's out there taking just pancakes to the face, um, you know, for these for these small gains. Uh, you know, let's go. Let's get right. Well, I'm to glad it. you mentioned that because he, he, I've never seen a better guy. When he would chip like Charles Haley, he would knock them right on their ass. I mean, right he, on would their de- ass. he would deplete these guys. And playing in that division, he, he, he went against some of the best defensive lines uh, in football at the time playing in the NFC East. And, and there it is. Let's get to this interview with Larry Centers presented by Pro Financial Insurance. You're any weather Arizona insurance company. Enjoy. Now joining the One Star Recruits podcast, we have a father, a native of East Texas, the NFL record holder for most career receptions by a running back, and a guy who brought us so many happy moments during some real bad stretches for the Arizona Cardinals in the late 1990s, Larry Centers. Hey, thanks for hanging out with the One Stars, Larry. Hey, yeah, pleasure being here. Always uh, happy to join in. We're so happy to have you. Uh, you know, we grew up watching you in, in Phoenix in the 1990s, and I mentioned so many happy moments. There was none better for us than it was December 27, 1998, a game against San Diego. It actually turned out to be your last game ever at Sun Devil Stadium. 
I think you had you had six catches in the game. Kwame Lasseter had four interceptions. We were there on the field after the game. The goalposts came down. I believe it to this day, the last time the goalposts have ever been torn down in an NFL game, if I'm right. That that win broke a 16-year drought for the franchise of making the playoffs. What are your memories that day at Sun Devil Stadium? That was an exciting time. What I remember the most about that is how happy the fans were. You know, the fans were just um, – it was a madhouse, man, pandemonium. Uh, I think they carried the goalposts down down Mill Street, didn't they? That's right. Oh, yeah. yeah Hell something yeah. like that, yeah. So, yeah. And those fans had suffered for a while. When I first got to Arizona, they were – Cardinals were fairly new in the Valley. I think it was about their third or fourth year. So, uh, the fans were really starving for a winner. And uh, just to get over the hump that game um, – and in the type of fashion that we did it, you know, uh, I think it was just exciting for everybody involved. It's just a great moment, great time. It's such a great moment, man, and it's definitely in, in my memory for life. And, yeah, we ran that bad boy down Mill Avenue. Such an amazing experience, brother. Thank you for that. There's a lot of controversy and negative reactions from fans locally, like myself and Rip, when the Cardinals let you go that offseason. Uh, you were the heart and soul of that team, and things were finally kind of starting to look at, look up a little bit for us. That was 23 years ago. Turned out to be a good thing for you career-wise, but I want to know how you feel about it now. Do you have any resentment towards the Bidwells and the organization? No, I don't. You know, um, I, I understood, I think, for a long time that it's a business. Um, you know, and uh, one player doesn't necessarily stop the show. But uh, I like to think that I, I I put in some really good work out there. I I like to think that I kept my nose to the grindstone and I played professional football, even when the things around me didn't look very professional. Um, so just staying the course, I'm super proud of that, looking back at it. You know, I, at the time, I felt a little, I felt a little resentment about how, how it happened. You know, they didn't call me in and, and sit me down and tell me about it. It just, uh, it just pulled the plug on it. So at the time, you know, I was a little salty, but the best way to, to, um, to get revenge is to go out, go back out, uh, have some success. And I'd like to think I did that moving forward. So ain't that the truth. You absolutely did, man. I mean, you're the NFL record holder for the most career receptions by a running back with 827 listeners, just to put that into context, how many catches that actually is hall of famer. Marshall Falk is the second running back on that list with 767. There's no other current active running backs with more than 400. The game has changed. Some RBs are catching a lot of passes these days, but the longevity seems to be getting shorter and shorter for running backs. Do you think that record will ever be broken? Elsie? I don't know. You know, it's hard to say. I, I definitely think the game will continue to change and evolve over the years. And eventually, you know, I think it'll come back up. It'll come back around. Nowadays, you see guys being utilized in, in a lot of different positions. And I think that was a big benefit that I had. Now, I played my home position was fullback, but I was in some systems that allowed me to to move around. And they hid me in the game plan so that the defenses couldn't get a beat on where I was going to be. Yeah. Um, one thing that one thing that I'm super proud of, you know, pertaining to the record is uh, and I didn't know this until recently, is that uh, over the course of my my playing time, I I caught 74 some percent, 74.5 percent of every ball that was thrown in my direction. And, yeah. you know, that's minimizing that's the drop, minimizing the drop, making the most out of every opportunity. And I'm, I'm super proud of that in terms of efficiency. 
You should be, man. That's Steph Curry free throw numbers right there. Was there for, for younger fullbacks? Or was there something you were doing in practice with your hands? Is there something that you go back to that you, you say, shit, that really worked out for me that I want that, that you could share with other, others just as far as having those good hands? Or did God just bless you? God bless me. I played, you know, I played receiver. Played uh, When I was coming up in my early years in football, I played what was called a wing back in the system in the town that we played in. And the wing back was a blocker. He was a a motion guy, and uh, sometimes he split in the slot, things like that. And, and he ran the ball from time to time. So he was kind of a hybrid, just a, an all-around offensive football player. And um, that worked out really well for me in the, at the professional level because, you know, as my home position was fullback, but I got an opportunity to do a little bit of everything. And and uh, so catching the ball kind of came naturally to me. I actually went to, um, to college as a receiver, and – after breaking up, I was diving for a pass in practice one day, and I, my pinky got caught in the ground, and I broke it. And they moved me to scout team running back. And so I started playing scout team running back, and I was started to kill our first team defense. You know, they, would, they, would, they would get really upset, upset with me for trying to show them up, you know, being a young guy, a freshman at the time. And the coaches started to take notice, you know, continuing trying to develop a complete game. They uh, started putting me in the real games and had some success, and the rest is history. Damn, life's crazy. As a reminder, how you know one one change, one injury can pivot the whole thing, and there you are making all those catches in my memory. Larry Center's out the backfield for a touchdown all day, man. Amazing. Life's amazing. Let's, yep. let's, let's talk a little Cardinals now. We got, well, news today. Kyler Murray is the highest-paid quarterback in NFL history. The, the Cardinals had some success during the court, Kurt Warner years, but pretty much mediocre lately. Rip has predicted 6-11 and 11 for them this year. Cliff seems a little bit more interested in modeling, and Kyler seems a little bit more interested in money, although I have seen him some picks in the offseason. He looks ready. Is there any shot at winning a Super Bowl or making it to the Super Bowl with this squad and coach, Larry? And these days, you know, you never know. It's kind of a crapshoot from year to year, especially when you – you uh, talk about the possibility of injuries and things like that. I like Kingsbury. I, I think he wants to get it done. I think he's a good fit for the organization. I absolutely love Kyler Murray. I think he's a good quarterback. He needs to be put in a system that allows him to do what he does well. He's a, he's a proven winner over the years. Um, you can never discount that. You know, productivity speaks for itself. It writes its own story. So I'm hoping that they'll – that they'll be more successful than six and 11. I think that'll be a disappointing, very disappointing season. I'm hoping that things just gel the right way and uh, kind of lock into place and they have some success. I think the fans in Arizona deserve to, uh, to root for a winner and preach. to have a team that they're proud of. Preach, preach, Larry. Do yeah. you, does the org yeah. stay in contact with you? Do, uh, do you, you still, you talk to Larry Fitz? Are you still, you still talking with these boys, keeping them fired up? I've talked to a lot of the guys that I played with that were there during my playing days. A lot of them still live out in the Valley, get a chance to go out and play, play golf with a bunch of those guys. Jerome, Daniel, uh, Kwame, before he passed away, he was one of my best friends, as you probably know. Um, Seth, Seth Joyner, Jameer Miller, uh, Jake Plummer, hang out with him from time to time. And, uh, and a, you know, a bunch of guys I run into out there. Um, Who's got the best golf game out of the crew nowadays? Oh, uh, man, I think uh, Frank is doing pretty good. Seth is really, really a quality player. 
you know, he hits the ball a long way. And uh, he's real meticulous about how he approaches the game. So I probably have to give it to Seth right now. You give it to Seth. Seth's not allowing any breakfast balls? No, no mulligans no, with Seth? No, <laughs> no. You can forget about that. <laughs> we, we actually, that's completely out of the question. <laughs> we actually, Larry, we actually tried to get Jake to kind of surprise and jump in. We had Jake Plummer on the podcast last year and we had to try to get him to jump in on the zoom, but he's, I think he's up in Colorado or Idaho, like foraging mushrooms or, or something like that. Yeah. So he, he said yeah. he wasn't available, but he said to say hello. So yeah, yeah. I'll, we text from time to time. I'll probably text him later on. I love uh, it. That's a, the fraternity yeah. so good. That makes my heart smile a little bit knowing that you guys still chill together and, and go hit him. We interrupt this interview for a brief moment to talk about the greatness of the UCAN products that we use every day. DK, you know I'm a big fan of the chocolate almond butter energy bars that keep me going every day. What's your favorite UCAN product? I do a smoothie every morning, and recently I've been subbing out orange juice for the tropical orange flavor uh, UCAN energy mix. I put a packet of that in. I also put an avocado in. It does something really great. It helps me curve my hunger cravings, and I'm fully hydrated for the day. So recommend the UCAN tropical orange mix. There it is. It's all about energy on this podcast and really in life. And you can products help us with that. So check out all the products, get 20% off all your orders and free shipping at youcan.co forward slash the number one S-T-A-R and use the code one star at checkout. Back to the interview. You know, Larry, you made the Pro Bowl three times and you get a free trip to Hawaii all, all three times, which is tight. I live in Maui now. I've been out here for about a year and I love life here. It's pretty amazing. What are your best memories of Hawaii? And have you been back since? I haven't been back since, but my best memories out there is just um, I went out a little early one year before the players were were uh, supposed to report. And my, my younger brother and I went out about a week early. We rented a Jeep and we just rode around. And I had a, a cousin who was stationed in the military. He was in the Navy out there. And so he got a chance to show us around introduced me to all his buddies and all of that and it's a fascinating place i really love it out there it's beautiful ah thank you man thank yeah. you yeah it's uh actually i'm i'm here in maui so you make a trip out i got you on uh the kapalua course up here in, in west maui amazing course so uh we'll stay in contact i'd love to take you out as my guest it sounds like a plan Hey, Larry, we uh, we end every interview with a segment we call one star to five star. We mentioned we're one stars. We're, we're trying to get better with advice and tips from every guest we have on this podcast like yourself. So I want to ask a few questions that kind of let's use a one to five star scale. One being the lowest, five being the highest. OK, so we, we talked almost all Cardinals here because that's where we grew up. That's where you spent the most of your career. But you did spend some time in Washington and, and then also Buffalo before playing your final year under Bill Belichick in New England. And you were 35 years old at the time and didn't play as much, but you did go out on top by winning a Super Bowl ring in the last game of your career. I mean, that's yeah. to me, that's a five-star way to retire. What what was that feeling like, being able to go from all those years losing a lot in Arizona to, to getting that ring in New England? Yeah, I mean, it, it was like reaching a mountaintop. You know, I uh, as you mentioned, I struggled a lot for almost with every team that I was with, with the Cardinals for several years. We had, we did finally make the playoffs, as we mentioned, but, you know, just to uh, to finally get to the top. And I when I went there, I knew that I didn't have a whole lot left in the tank. I was more of a player's coach and, and kind of uh, helping with some of the young guys, helping develop them and giving advice in the meeting rooms and things like that. So I, did, I was able to contribute. I went there with the complete understanding that I was getting – you know, toward the end of my career. And I always said that I never wanted to uh, just ride the boat. I wanted to be able to contribute everywhere I went. 
but it was just uh, to get to get to your answer your question. I, it was like reaching, you know, the the, the pinnacle. Um, play for all of those years. I think I might have started playing football when I was around nine years old, and you know, I won some city championships and I um, won some district championships. I uh, went to the national championship in, in college and lost by three points. And I didn't even sniff a championship for the first, you know, 13 years of my career. Yeah. And to find to finally be, you know, it's like going to, to uh, football heaven. You know, uh, I know I'm about to finish up. I know this is about over. And for for me to be fortunate and blessed enough to win the Super Bowl in the very last game that I ever played is, is something that, you know, you can't can't draw it up any better. How crazy is it yeah. that you that was almost 20 years ago, that game? You, you've been retired for almost 20 years, but the quarterback you played with is still dominating the NFL 20 years later. How crazy is uh, where, that? Where does the time go, man? You know, and then and he's uh, he's a great guy, by the way. He's a great guy, by the way. I have absolutely nothing but great things to say about TB. He's a super-duper guy off the field, you know, without all the hoopla. He's a real person. Uh, but he's he's been – you know, absolutely been the beneficiary of a lot of the rule changes protecting the quarterbacks these days. And, you know, now you can't plan them like you used to. You can't really touch them, can't hit them high, can't hit them low. And uh, he he's uh, he's a student of the game to the point where he knows pretty much what's about to happen before it happens. He knows how to manipulate the defenses and things like that. And, you know, it's translated into to massive success and, and obviously uh, the longevity that he's had. And I uh, couldn't be happier for him. We talked about that's the five star right there. Let, let's go back to the one star part of this real quick, because I like to say you were a really good player on mostly bad teams in Arizona. I think last place five year, eight years there. But, but you guys were the only te- NFL team playing in a college stadium. And you mentioned things didn't always look professional around you in that organization. But how bad did it really get? Like for people on the outside, what was let's say what was a one star moment you can remember where you just kind of found yourself wondering if losing was ever going to stop or, or what's a moment you remember is maybe rock bottom of how bad things were in Arizona. Oh man, there were, uh, there were several, but uh, things that stand out would be like, um, you know, having, you know, a roommate on the road when you, when you go travel, you know, it's kind of like college. It's kind of like college football, you know, people, the, the people in the Valley that, you know, came out and rooted for the other team every every game, and they lived there. But they were, you know, they were from from other places, and we hadn't really given them a, a reason to root for our team. But to having to play at Sun Devil, uh, sometimes against the Cowboys when it was a Cowboys home game, you know, wow. from a fans' perspective, that I'm sure you, I'm sure you guys remember those days. And uh, oh, we you know, were that, in the one percent, one percent of the crowd that was rooting for you guys. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, as a player, you know, you, you're kind of down on the situation. And, you know, quite frankly, you don't get it. You don't really get an opportunity as a, when, you know, back in my day when you come out, you don't get to choose the team that you go to. You get drafted. You know, I got drafted to Arizona. And the team was kind of building, trying to build a team there. And, and uh, the biggest challenge there was trying to not assimilate to, you know, realizing that I'm a good player no matter what team I'm playing on, no matter what uniform I'm wearing, I got to go out and do what I do and be a professional at what I do. And I like to think I was able to do that. But but rock bottom was probably, um, you know, just getting booed by the home home fans and, 
things like that. It's hard to go to work, man, when it's not going right. But, you know, that's when your real, your real professionalism has to kick in. And, and I like to think, going back, I like to think I did a really decent job of just kind of staying the course and doing the best I can, regardless of the situation that was surrounding me. And, you know, that's my one-star moment. You did, bro. You did. And, and, and Ra Moore, and I think of so many guys who kept it real. I think I remember Patriots games sitting in the top level with my dad and just that – them saying awful shit, and I was thinking, this is not how it is, man. This is not how it's supposed to be. But sure enough, yeah. Larry still catches six balls and finds his own. So thank you for representing for us, man. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, man. If I could go back, I'd probably do it all over again, you know, especially knowing how it all turned out in the end. It set you up for those glory uh, years, man. I, I uh, yeah. Something I was always curious about during your playing career, you were listed at six foot, 225 pounds, but – Call me crazy, man. Maybe it was the pads. Maybe it was your running style. But when I look at old clips, it seems like you were kind of, I mean, significantly smaller than that listed height and weight. Let's say on a scale of one to five stars, one being the lowest, five being the highest. How accurate was that listing of six foot, 225 pounds? Were you, was that your well, size? I, I might've been a little bit uh, heavier than 225. Uh, I got right. up, my head, heaviest I played was around 234. Ooh. But, um, you know, I think what contributed to my ability to, to play a little bigger than uh, than my actual size was, you know, number one, I was playing a position that, that um, I was undersized for the position that I was playing, but I was committed to, um, to, to bring in the noise at the point of contact. I wanted to, to quote unquote, be the hammer and not the nail, you know, and uh, you know, if a guy outweighs me, I got to, I got to offset the, uh, the impact with more momentum. And so, you know, I'm not a physics guy, but, that uh, that was my my big equalizer. You're big, almost as big as some of those linebackers out there, and I remember some of those runs, man. It was hard to bring you down, Larry. How about a pancake that comes to mind? You, how about a particular pancake that comes to mind where you just set someone back off two feet? Um, we were playing um, the Cowboys in Dallas, and uh, one of the DBs came up, and he thought I was going to try to fake him out, and I kind of gave him a little a little shimmy. But then once he once he put his got it put his cleats in the ground, I just ran straight through the middle of him. He slid about five yards, I think. Please tell me Charles Haley. Please tell me Deion Sanders. Uh, tell me Deion. No, no, I think it might have been uh, somebody like a Lundis Bryce or somebody like that. One uh, one of their reserve guys, but I wish it was Dion. <laughs> quiet, quiet those cowboy fans yeah. down in Sunnyvale Stadium. Yeah. Hey. Uh, last last one here. We'll let you go. You know, we're going to bring it back to Texas where it all began for you. And, and so many people to me that grew up in Texas end up back there as adults after college or after moving away. And you're one of them. You're, you're, you're back in Texas now. We uh, we talked about Houston barbecue for about 15 minutes on our last episode. So when, when it comes to restaurants for Larry Centers, what's the five star restaurant for you that you tell everyone about who visits the area of East Texas that you live in? East Texas that I live in, probably uh, Bodacious Barbecue. It's a really good barbecue joint. They're very consistent with what they make, and there's some quality stuff in there uh, as far as barbecue goes. And in Dallas, I went to a restaurant last night that I recommend to anybody that comes to Dallas. That's Ocean Prime, downtown Dallas. And really, it's quality stuff. They got a little bit of surf, a little bit of turf. You know, you can get some pretty quality seafood. And uh, so... Oh, yeah. Shout out, shout out to Ocean Prime. 
Big shout out Ocean Prime, man. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Larry, you're amazing. You're doing all kinds of speaking events now. Uh, I know you do an event during the Super Bowl every year. We're going to catch you in Phoenix uh, this year. You're doing another Super Bowl party? Definitely plan to come out there during the Super Bowl. I'm trying to put together an invitational billiards tournament. I, oh. play a lot of, I play a lot of pool these days, and I think it'll be fun to get guys together and have like a little meet and greet, have some cocktails, maybe a few pretty girls walking around. Love and, that. Uh, you know, you know, and uh, have some some fellowship, get together, get the guys together. I'm trying to put something together, but, you know, I don't know if I can pull it off. We're definitely going to do the comedy show again this year. We're doing some good stuff. Excited about it. Hopefully we get better than 6-11 and 11 so we can, like the Rams last year, won it in their home stadium. Hopefully we can see uh, the Cardinals in Phoenix next year while you're there for the Super Bowl. Well, hopefully the stars will line up. You know, I'm rooting for the cards. I'm rooting for the fans out there to, uh, you know, the guys who've been there from day one. Really appreciate you guys. Yeah, we appreciate you, man. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're not a huge social media guy, but where can our listeners find you if they want to see what's going on with Larry Centers, the legend? Well, you know, I'm on Facebook from time to time, but uh, I don't do a whole lot of social media these days. I've been kind of really kind of retreating back to uh, private life. And uh, just enjoying, man, just being a being a regular guy, not having to do a whole lot. You know, it's pretty fun. And and to be able to look back at some of the things I was able to accomplish, I'm super proud of that. But I like the I like the uh, the quiet life for the most part. Yeah, you deserve you deserve it all, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. If the one stars can ever support anything with your billiards event or comedy show, we're happy to do it. Shit, we'll fly out to Arizona anytime you need us, man. You're uh, you're you're one of our heroes. Thank you so much for being on the podcast, Larry. Thanks, thanks a lot, guys. Always a pleasure. So thank you, Larry. Appreciate your team setting that up. I know he's going to be in town for the Super Bowl this year, Mike, and he's doing some events. He does all kinds of cool poker events and stuff. So uh, if you happen to find yourself with uh, your good friend, Larry, give him the one star. Maybe you guys can send us a picture of you guys holding up the one star sign this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's exciting. Um, we know the last couple of years, the teams that have hosted this, uh, the Super Bowl, they've been home teams now. You know, again, to me, people try to make predictions. I, the NFL is a week-to-week proposition. I mean, this team gets off to a 7-0 start, 10-2, and then they go to Detroit, didn't even show up. And Dave McGinnis told me one time, you can go from the penthouse to the shithouse real quick. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it, it's just the NFL. I mean, you lose three in a row, and people want to get – you know, fans want the quarterback bench. So it's a week-to-week proposition, but – you know, I do think they're one of the five or six top teams in the NFC. We'll see how it shakes out, though. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how that ends up playing together. You know, fingers crossed, man. Rip, let me ask you this. We haven't talked since the news came out, and I want to shift to the current Arizona Cardinals situation. We got, we got Kyler Murray signed. I think we were both okay with that. Uh, we got some details of the contract. Ian Rappaport reported that there was a, a study clause in this, cl- this contract that was a little bit bit interesting to everybody. And um, I'll start with you, Rip. Is that something that I, we should be a little concerned with? Is this is this bullshit? It got released a little bit weird. What do you think about this? I think absolutely. I mean, someone put it the other day that it's never you know been included in any contract in the history of the NFL, and, and it's to to give a guy 160 million dollars guaranteed, but add that clause in there too. It, it, it's a little bit of like an asterisk to me, and just to see Kyler's development over the past few years. I want to see him make that leap and, and maybe studying more is part of it, but I don't know. I mean, can he just hire someone to, to watch his iPad for four hours and, and get away with that? What, what's the deal, Mike? I mean, and, and Mike, before well, you answer, but Mike, before you answer too, it's, it's weird too, that Cliff couldn't just 
and you know the relationship with Cliff almost more, better than anybody too. So it's weird to me that Cliff couldn't just talk to Kyler like like normal humans, and that you do need that in the contract. Are, are we looking too much into this? No. Um, first of all, the guarantee was 105 million. Okay, 160 is for injury protection. It shows him making 46, but his annual salary is going to be 38 million. Now, the next two years, it's only six percent of the cap, and then it jumps up to 20 percent. So that allows the Cardinals to go out and get money. Now, the knock on Kyler has been, and he did a story I want to say in the New York Times, and he basically said he doesn't watch film. He said he's he can anticipate things. Colt McCoy's been a sponge for him. But each player gets an iPad, and once you turn it on, they each each position coach and the head coach gets a he gets a, a report the following morning. And Kyler was not on his iPad. It's like so here he's going to have to do it at home. He can't watch TV. He can't play video games. Now there's a story about DeAndre uh, Ayton where he's playing video games until like. I did not like that. I did not like that story. That rubbed me the wrong way. Right, and and you can't babysit these guys. But there were times he was sleepwalking during games, and he's 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 on on there in uh, London and 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 obviously the Bahamas. It's like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I get it. Kyler doesn't go out. He doesn't get in any trouble. But you got to put the work in. And the leadership thing is interesting to me because you can lead in different ways. Like Tyrod Taylor, I was told he's a great leader, but I don't want Tyrod Taylor being the quarterback now. So, you know, I don't – the thing is, people say, well, why would he sign this? Well, he had no choice because that came from Michael Bidwell. Michael Bidwell got the reports. Ah, that's a Bidwell special. Well, he's paying him that money, so he has every right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it might be a lot to do about nothing. I know the NFL's getting hit in the news a little bit more. The NBA's been dominating this news cycle with all this KD stuff. I want to tell people to chill, Cardinals fans. I think that time will tell. And, you know, for me, I was happy he brought his, brought his dog swoosh to the press conference, man. I'm a dog lover. Shit, that was what enough are, for you to... What are, you, what, are, what, are you, what are they feeding that dog? He's like 140 pounds. Boy, oh, boy. That's what, I look at my guy's getting, like, Simmons. Is he getting, like, filet? I'm sure they got a chef over there. Like, <laughs> the I mean, chuck wagon, probably. Yeah. He, he's, not eating, he's not eating Elpo. Are you a dog guy? I know you got a dog pick. Oh, yeah. Profile. What's that oh, cutie's yeah. name? Riley. Where's he at? He's not oh, wrong. you got him right there with you, Big Riley. You got no, Riley no, on the no. Zoom. No, no. I, well, you guys go. Give me a minute. Oh, we're going to Riley show. Nice, man. <laughs> For the listeners, while he's getting them, I'm coming off a tough week, but a great week. We, we, Rip, we pulled the spleen out of my dog, Abby, last week. She had surgery. She had a lump on it. So we pulled that thing out. She's, she's feeling better now, but I'll tell you what, man. I was crying like is. a baby. Oh, Riley. Look at that stud. Oh, yeah, gotta, man. We got to get Riley and Swoosh, swoosh together, man. This seems like a TV show, a reality TV show in AZ for you Mike. Yeah, he's a rescue dog he's a rescue so are mine yeah so are mine i didn't take yeah. you as a dog guy when you first hopped on and i can so, totally see it look at that sweet uh, face uh, where uh where'd you where'd you rescue him from arizona sbca H- halo oh halo nice where's that located what city um phoenix it's a phoenix one when so, i did it when i did a meet and greet with them they're like dragging them down the floor i'm like and he told me he was only in there for two days and then i did another meet and greet with him and then he warmed up but he's my best friend. Mine two are my best friend here too. I just had one that does finishing a quick story. Did you say probably, hi? She just got out of surgery, man, and it's such a real thing when uh, when the dogs aren't feeling good, and because the, the love yeah. is so pure, man, it's so. Oh, pure. you can so, have the worst thing in the world. You come home, they're so excited to see you. 
You're a good man, Mike Jarecki. You have a great relationship with that Riley. You know, you also have a great relationship with the other Larry we talked about, Larry Fitzgerald. Has he ever invited you to sit on his floor seats at the Suns games? Um, no, uh, <laughs> because of, because of COVID. I, I mean, when I, he, he's offered tickets to me. It's interesting because when the Cardinals uh, beat the Vikings, it, you know, obviously they screwed themselves over the first overall pick. And, you know, the whole idea is Denny Green said, I'm going to take the best player in the draft. And I was pounding the table for Roethlisberger. And if Al Davis, if Larry had uh, Cliff Branch speed, he would have taken him. He took Robert Gallup. Which wasn't a terrible pick. Iowa Hawkeyes. Really? I mean, for <laughs> compared to Philip Rivers. And- <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I want it. We just we just did an Iowa pod with Gary Barter, the AD of Iowa. So I still okay. have a soft spot for Iowa in my heart. Okay. But you're I, fuck it. Terrible pick. You're right, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I so initially. Denny really liked Josh McCown, which I get players gravitate to him. So we Cardinals had Anquan Bolden. So the first couple weeks of camp, you know, Larry's he's just kind of feeling his way around. And he didn't really know me, and I didn't really know. I just knew his background. So I think it was one of the Aussies come up. He come up to me. He says, "Why don't you like us?" I said, "It's not. I don't like you guys." But Denny Green, this this coaching staff, it's it's horrible. Like he's hiring all these guys, like his pension plan, Richard Solomon and Carl Hargraves, and you know Mike Krusak, and so okay. yeah. Just so at that point, I was like, but then we warmed up and. He, he's probably, you know, the guy that's helped me the most um, when it comes. He would never call me and say we're signing a player. I would ask him and he would confirm it for me. You know, it wasn't like he was, you know, getting on his phone calling people. Yeah, like the Woj bombs, the Jarecki bombs. <laughs> and, and Larry's always been so kind to the media. I saw he even commented on your Twitter post when you when you left the Cardinals, uh, you know, a month ago with with some nice words. And what what about him? I mean, he's he's been so low profile since he kind of stopped playing. Is there what are the chances we'll ever see him in, back playing? Is he totally done? What do you? Yeah, think? he's he's. I think you're going to see him in tournaments for pickleball. He's. I mean, he's taken <laughs> on. He was snowboarding, but he stopped that. Um, he's raising his kids. He's the football coach. Um, he's never going to say the word "art." I mean, he, I know two years ago, the Packers called him, the Buccaneers called him, the Patriots called him, and he doesn't have an agent, so he wouldn't answer the phone. So wow. he didn't want to. He didn't want to tell him no. So I know that teams reached out to him, but. You know, God, it's he would just, be great on all, all those uniforms you name. I mean, first and foremost, the Cardinals. I think he could still be third down money but those- yeah, I, don't, I don't like the way they used him I mean they looked at him as a glorified tight end nobody can block like him just throw the ball to him you know yeah, yeah. And, and you know him and Kyler you know there were times where Larry tried to help him and Kyler had all the answers didn't know the questions yeah there it is it's probably he he knows he's one of the smartest smartest athletes smartest men I've came across and I feel really lucky that he stayed so committed to Arizona especially this day and age with athletes uh, not doing this like they used to back in the day, like Larry Centers, like Larry Fitzgerald. Let's shift over to fantasy football. We don't talk a lot of fantasy football because it's kind of a lame pod take, um, but we got an expert on here. So I saw you put out a, a list of cards to watch this year. Rip, I know you really love Rondale Moore and Isaiah Simmons, but offensive side, you love Rondale Moore. Defensive side for me, I'm excited about, obviously, Buddha's my guy. I'm excited about guys like Marco Wilson. I think he has a, a lot of a big ceiling defensively. Who's some fantasy guys, Mike, that uh, that people around the country on the, should keep their eyes on on the Arizona Cardinals? 
Well, obviously Kyler Murray, just because he's a dual threat, you know, maybe they'll throw 30 touchdowns, and you know, but he may have 10 rushing touchdowns. James Conner, you know, maybe he's not in the top 10, but he gave his team 18 touchdowns last year. Zach Ertz, to me, um, he should be a team captain. And, and the way I look at it without Hop there in the first six weeks, I'm running a lot of 12 personnel, and hopefully Max Williams can be part of that. And then I'm going to run the football. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to shorten the game, don't get cute, and, and, and Edo Benjamin will go in as the backup running back. And then you got Daryl Williams, I like the Ingram kid. Jonathan Moore is more of a special teams guy. But Cliff, he he admitted that after the season, he didn't use Rondell Moore. I mean, when that guy puts his foot in the dirt, he, he can run off to the races. I mean, I get these screen passes where you want to get him in space. But Sean Jefferson, the wide receivers coach, assistant head coach, he, he, he mentioned, hey, we want this guy to get a different route tree like how about like Cooper Cup where you just zigzag and get open, you know? So I, I, I got to think. And then A.J. Green, I fell for A.J. Green last last year because um, that Packers game, if you look at it, Kyler gave a, a run call. So he's looking at the jumbo chart. He smoked Russell Douglas in practice every day. But the thing is there were 10 guys in pass protection. And normally they throw that ball to, to Hop. It was Hop, Ertz, and uh, Kirk. And so, like, I talked to Larry the next morning. He's like, did you watch him run that route? And he was looking at the jumbo chart. Now, maybe he didn't get the word kill. And then they come out after the game and, oh, miscommunication. No, that's when Kyler needs to step up and said, it was a miscommunication. But I remember when Mahomes was like three and four last year, he started his Wednesday press conference and said, this is on me. I am the quarterback. I'm the captain of this team. It, It rolls with me. So you just like to see more of that, you know, instead of pointing the finger just two different ways. I agree, Ripley. We got Ernst, Murray, and 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 Connor early for this Cardinals, and it's a tough early schedule, Rip. I know you called out six and eleven. You don't, you're nervous about some of the extracurricular activities and a tough schedule. Mike, I know you have a you have higher expectations, Rip. I'll let you explain your six and eleven. You still on that, or are you moving away from it? Yeah, like, you know, I'm still on it, man. And like Mike said, it's predictions. They could start out hot. They could start out tough. I mean, their first three games are really tough opponents, but it, it's all about the schedule in the NFL. And I think Kyler needs to really improve his his decision-making. And just like Mike alluded to, and those leadership things that you see Mahomes doing, I mean, even if it's outside of your comfort zone, I think, you know, fourth, fifth year in the league, you got to start taking some of that on. But I'm excited to see how Hollywood Brown is integrated into the offense because oh, yeah. you know he played with Kyler at Oklahoma. You talk about fantasy, but how is he going to – do you think – how do you think he's going to perform stat-wise? Well, I would line him at the X position. I would have him on the outside. Now you can move him around. But when you watch his film, this guy gets separation. And, you know, when, when they play that zone coverage, that's when Kyler is thrown off his back leg. It's kind of like a moon ball. He has been very effective. So in the fact that they played at Oklahoma, they were on the scout team, and it was him and Kyler – and then they would beat Baker Mayfield all the time in practice, and eventually they got their opportunity. Now, I do agree uh, about the schedule. I mean, last year, Vance Joseph had about three months to prepare for the Titans. Going there, Super Bowl team, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry, great defense, Jeffrey Simmons, Vrabel, and, and, they, and, they, and they beat him at the line of scrimmage. So I think if you, if you can go one and two, you know, you got to go to the Raiders. Obviously, they got really good defense. Chandler's going to be hyped up. And then you got the Rams. So if you're one and two, you, you're going to have to beat the Panthers, which they haven't done. Could be Mayfield and Kyler. And then they got the Seahawks. And 
maybe Jimmy Garoppolo's there. And then they got the Philadelphia Eagles, and they got a really good defense, and Jalen Hurts almost beat them a couple of years ago. So maybe you're 3-3. Three and three. Um, I don't know, but it's it, to me, you just can't be 1-5. and five. Right. I love that little Jimmy Garoppolo drop there too. The Niners announcing they're fully going with Trey. Uh, Seahawks seem like a good landing spot there. Yeah, nothing against Drew Locke. And, and yeah. you know, they, they could have taken Malik Willis, but what I like what uh, John Snyder did. He started to build the offensive lines. So you you got to protect the quarterback in this division. And speaking of that, D.J. Humphreys didn't play well last year. They got three guys that are over 32 years old. The best lineman they have is, is Beecham. Go back to the Dallas game. He shut down Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. And then, obviously, Rodney Hudson. We'll see about Will Hernandez. But I like Sean Coogler. He's going to play the best five guys. But – they, they have to keep Murray upright. He can't – that ankle injury was a lot worse than people talked about. Yeah. I mean, there, there was some – there was some – it was more than he, you know. He, he, st- he stopped running, right? Yeah, he couldn't push off. And I guess the last three times they played the Rams, which have been last year, they've only called three design runs. He didn't want to run. Uh, when, they, when they beat him uh, early in the season, Aaron Donald took that game when they played on Monday night as a playoff game. Let's make our run. And he was like, he was like a bouncer just throwing cats out of the club. And Kyler was just so gun shy. I mean, he. Like yeah, I said, that's hard I, to watch. Hard to watch. It was, and it wasn't just him. It reminded me of the Carolina Panthers game where Carson Palmer had six turnovers. Oh God, Mike! Stop! 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 You're hurting my soul. I'm now. I'm starting to think of Suns game six too. It's all hurting my soul. Patrick Peterson muffs a punt. Calais didn't do anything. Rashad Johnson couldn't cover Philly Brown. Shaq Thompson did a really good job on Larry Fitzgerald. Really good job. Mike, you're breaking my heart with you're breaking my heart with these stories because you're bringing up so much pain. It took me back to even the Suns game six feeling. It's like oh god, the fuck <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh my goodness. But still, f- fine memories. There are memories, man. We'll, yeah, we'll take them. There are memories. Speaking of memories, big Pat Tillman fans, and we love to talk about the Tillman family, Tillman's run, Pat's legacy in general. What's your favorite Pat Tillman memory? The story would be. He, uh, he had hurt his ankle, and he was going to play, but, you know, Wednesday's not a big deal for the injury report. So I'm, I'm, I'm out at um, Bula Bola in, in, in Tempe, and he, he's, he's on the dance floor, and he's dancing, and he sees me over there, and he goes, I better not hear anything about this. You know? so, <laughs> and then one time I was, uh, I was ahead of him at a light, and I didn't go right away, and he's honking on his horn. He goes, drives by me, and gives me the finger. <laughs> um, well, see, one thing back in the day, like in the press room, they would have like sporting news. Yeah. Riley, Riley, also a Pat Tillman fan. Yeah, <laughs> they would have the sport, uh, you know, like U.S. news, other other stuff, and he he would literally read those. And when nine eleven came, he was just in awe when he was watching that how it happened. You Tragedy. Saw but I mean, I, I, it's, to me, it's the best event we have in the entire year when the community comes together for Pat's run. Yeah, it really is, man. And we'll put it all in the show notes as we usually do, and and, and let you guys know when it's coming up, man. Mike, this is awesome. All right, Rex of the Week listeners, quick reminder: anything in life that made us smile, feel good, that we feel like it's worth sharing with the damn world. I'll start off. It's going to be TV for me again because I ran into one that just blew my mind. It's on HBO Max. The show's called The Rehearsal. Hard for me to kind of get into it, but once I started it, holy shit, the basic premise is that this gentleman, Nathan Fielder, uh, practices real-life situations 
to a T before humans do it. And the first episode's a gentleman who's been playing bar trivia with his friends for about 10 years and has been lying about his advanced degree the whole time. And he wants to come clean. But there's one person in the group who he's very terrified of. So they build out the entire bar in a studio and they practice the hell out of every situation. Sounds like terrible TV. Maybe <laughs> TV because it is it is wild what human beings go through and you kind of start to think of yourself in some situations just in life is it better just to go for it or to really practice so you're ready and it kind of reminded me of sports a little bit even this Kyler situation you know is sometimes too much too much or so it's an odd it's it's worth it if you're scrolling around your Netflix and nothing to watch go over to HBO Max and check out the rehearsal there's only it's only half an hour and there's two episodes um, but it was incredible. I, I texted my family after, and I said, you guys got to watch this show. So the rehearsal on HBO Max. What do you got, Rip? You are hooked. I think this HBO Max algorithm for like upcoming shows to watch, that's like three out of the last four weeks you've given an HBO Max show. I They're think. serving me up, man. I know. Mine is actually, I'm glad you brought that up because mine is actually a, a kind of an anti-TV one. I did something this past weekend that I haven't done in like 10 years. It's actually like toss the remote to the side and play a board game. I played a board game with my wife for the first time in like 10 years. Monopoly. We played it all night. It, it was fun. I hadn't played it forever. And so that's my wreck of the week is just just set aside one night and and get back into a board game. It's it's good connection. It's good. Uh, you know, you're actually talking instead of just watching TV. So it was fun, man. I uh, I lost. I got annihilated, but it was fun. <laughs> Impressed you finished, man. I, I hard for me to finish Monopoly. It's it's one of those I got to really stay committed to, man. Yeah, Monopoly. Bring back a board game. Look at that. We're, we are doing too much TV and phones recently, Rip. I like that one. Mike, bring us home, brother. What's touched you this week? What's something that you want to share with the world? I was uh, I was in Sedona a couple of weeks ago, maybe ten days ago, with uh, my girlfriend, and it was just I didn't use my phone. I mean, it's so, it's so beautiful to where it just I don't know, it's just kind of breathtaking. And you kind of you appreciate what you have in life. You know, it's not always going to be perfect, but you, you you know you treat someone the way you want to be treated. Um, but it was just a nice where we hung out for the weekend. We went to Slide Rock, got in the water there. We hiked a little bit and uh, had a good dinner. So that was just kind of like taking a step back and kind of not so much in the fast lane. Yeah. And listeners, Sedona is a beautiful area in northern Arizona, south of Flagstaff, with these red rocks. And it is spiritual. It's beautiful. You hit a little Talaki Paki up there off 89A. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous <laughs> place to visit. Did you, did you I, get on the slide, Mike? Did you go down Slide Rock? Yeah. Well, man. It, it was busy, but... You, there's enough. It's enough space. Yeah. Your, your, your ass hurts. <laughs> yeah, your ass hurts. I remember a little bit. People were getting Ebola back in the day, so I'm glad that's passed. But it's a great wreck, man. Great wreck. Mike, you've had an amazing career. We're excited. I knew you have an announcement possibly coming this week. You want to, you want to break anything on the one stars? You can tell me to screw off. No, 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 no. no. I appreciate coming on and sharing stories. Um, I, until it's out of line, I don't want to jinx myself. I love it. It was smart man, smart man. But big things for Mike Jarecki coming up soon. Uh, check him out on your Twitter. What is that Twitter? Where can the listeners follow you? A, at, at Mike Jarecki. So all underscore, underscore Mike, J-U-R-E-C-K-I. There it is with a big announcement coming soon. Listeners, give us five stars. If you love the Arizona Cardinals, if you love Ted's hot dogs, give us five star shit. <laughs> give us one star. The reviews help everything in this game. Uh, we're trying to get better at this, and we love doing it. So that helps so dang much. Rip, anything to finish this off? You got words of advice? 
it's just Larry Centers, man, going back, like Mike said, going down memory lane and some of our best memories growing up in the Valley. We're sitting in those stands at Sun Devil Stadium. You know, we were the, we were the 5% of Cardinals fans that were there. The other 95 were Cowboys or Eagles fans and just uh, – do, do you guys remember, like, they would um, put us at night because it was so damn hot? Yeah, those um, early – It was always against games. the Cowboys. And it's like, jeez. <laughs> yeah, and the one year they didn't make – we didn't play in week one. Maybe that could have been September 11th where they put out the game off. But yeah, I just, it was amazing. And Sun Devil Stadium, real quick, is, I mean, it's it's been upgraded. I mean, you're still, it felt like you were in a, you're in a frying pan with that, those seats they had. There were no backs, no cup holders, nothing. Nothing, man. Vince Tobin burning his hair. Joe Bugle, too much hairspray. Those were crazy years, man. But we've made it through Super Bowls in Arizona this year. We're going to keep you posted all this year. We're, we're still hoping we get our press credentials, Mike. Maybe you can help when we get us a little closer. I know you're, you're a big dog out there in AZ. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for joining thank us. You. We appreciate it. Listeners, we'll be back next week. We're going to keep our uh, we're gonna keep our nationwide tour going, man. We're going to go to a new place we haven't been to. So uh, we'll see you next week, and uh, go Cardinals. See you next week.